Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner Podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode features a special guest from Evergen Infrastructure. His company turns organic waste into renewable natural gas for use by homes and businesses in British Columbia. We talk about the company's exciting Canada-wide growth plans, his background in mergers and acquisitions around the world, and a whole lot more. Our conversation starts now. My name is Chase Edgelow. I'm the CEO of Evergen Infrastructure Corp. We are a Vancouver-based, Canadian-owned and operated uh, infrastructure platform that focuses on reimagining organic waste as a clean energy source, making renewable natural gas. For the little guy or kind of like the average business person, what does this mean for them uh, you know, is, is a business owner, their cheaper power costs, is there increased accessibility? Like- yeah, so I think one of the things we, we really you know, thought about for a long time uh, was, you know, in, in forming Evergen and, and coming up with, with our business and, and how we could make a difference from a renewable power standpoint, renewable energy standpoint, what you've seen in the electrical side of the grid is you've seen wind and solar come in and provide renewable power so such that in BC, as an example, you get close to 100% renewable power delivered by the power grid. And what, what's really great in, in BC is that you've got a, a large utility, Fortis BC, that's got a large gas distribution network, and they actually purchase uh, the renewable natural gas from us and then provide it as an alternative for their customer base. So and, you know, customers across British Columbia that are tied into Fortis's network can select renewable natural gas as an option on their, on their utility bill. We look at this as a transition fuel. So you know, over time, you'll see you know, a different substitution of, of different energy into the pipeline. This is one of the proven ways that, that, uh, that you can get renewable content into the gas grid and, and really start to decarbonize. And for, you know, for businesses, you know, the, the large businesses of the world, the IKEAs, the Microsofts, the Amazons that all have net zero waste targets, uh, there, you know, those are buyers of, of the gas. And I think there's a number of small businesses that have started to come out with their own net zero targets. And this is, this is one way that they can, they can use a renewable energy source. But I think at the same time, just as important is they're allowing for organic waste to go to a, its highest value use. So, you know, in, in two ways, they're helping the environment. Awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Essentially, what is happening to create renewable natural gas? Sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Really, what renewable natural gas is, is uh, gas that's captured from the decomposition of organic waste. So when I was when I was a kid, we used to have a compost in our backyard. What, what you see happening nowadays is, is capturing the energy that comes from that decomposition on top of uh, just recycling organics. So really, it is it's taking uh, energy out of waste as a feedstock. Are there other outputs from this organic waste that you guys are working on? I know there's like, there's a graph on your site that kind of highlights, I thought I saw fertilizer on there. Is that kind of stuff to be determined as to kind of when that's going to look, what that's going to look like? Or? Yeah, so so simply put, we, as, as a company, Evergen, build the infrastructure that that allows for the organics to be converted to energy there's two really two main products that come out of that. As the organics decompose, there's 
compost or, or class A compost that we, we currently make at two of our facilities. We'll continue to make that as we build out the gas capture infrastructure. And then from the, you know, from the emissions that, that are captured off of the decomposing waste, we upgrade that into basically methane uh, that is fungible with the other fuels uh, that you'd put into the gas pipeline. So this traditional hydrocarbons is what's currently in the pipeline. What we see happening over the next 30 years is really a transition of that gas grid to more and more renewable uh, fuel sources. Awesome. Um, I want to jump into the different kind of operations that you guys have um, on the site. There's the Sea to Sky Soils, Net, uh, Net Zero Abbotsford, and the, and the Fraser Valley Biogas. Can you kind of walk me through a brief overview of, of those business units? Yeah, so, so each of them are wholly owned subsidiaries of Evergen. As we are, we are a young company, but we, you know, we've acquired and we've brought into our business really three separate projects that you mentioned, Sea to Sky Soils, Net Zero Waste Abbotsford and Fraser Valley Biogas. And, and with each of those acquisitions, we brought on teams of staff that have been that have been in the business, have been in the regions for 10 years and have integrated them into our business. And when we when we look at each of those projects, uh, they are all slightly different, I think, and, and we're proud of, of each and every one of them. Net Zero Waste Abbotsford is, is located in Abbotsford and processes uh, green bin uh, compost from a number of different municipalities. Sea to Sky Soils is located in, in Pemberton and has a, a very similar uh, feedstock profile or, or green bin waste coming uh, to that facility. That facility is, is located on uh, First Nations land as well. And we're, we're really proud of the partnership that's been put together uh, there historically with, it's been over 80% of the workforce comes from the local First Nations band. And it's really a project uh, that, that we wanna look to replicate in other areas as we grow. And then, Last but not least is Fraser Valley Biogas. This was actually one of the original renewable natural gas infrastructure uh, facilities built in Western Canada. It was the first project to have a long-term offtake agreement with Fortis BC and start supplying renewable natural gas into the pipeline network. And it's it's been doing so for, for over 10 years. And, and that's for us a redevelopment project, a way that we can uh, continue to build on top of the infrastructure that's already there and increase the production. I want to ask you a little bit about your personal background. So I don't know if you can kind of walk me through a couple of, uh, you know, major highlights in your career and then how you started thinking about um, working towards becoming an entrepreneur. Sure, sure. So I, I grew up in Vancouver and uh, decided to, to go away for school and went, you know, went and became an engineer and spent the early part of my career in the natural gas uh, industry, actually in Northeast BC. So Fort, Fort Nelson, Fort St. John spent a lot of time actually putting in pipelines, which you know, hopefully one day we're, we're gonna reconvert into renewable natural gas driven systems. I think the, you know, the sort of basis that I, I got from, from being in the field and touching projects and, and, and understanding what, you know, what it takes to, to put projects together was, was there, but ultimately I, I felt like I, I wanted to be in the business world and I got an opportunity to, to join an investment bank, which was later acquired by Macquarie Group, which is a large Australian infrastructure firm and spent over a decade there. The, the real, I think, you know, there's no, there's no secret sauce to, to, what, to what's done at investment banks, but, but for, for me, what it meant was 
I spent a lot of time working with companies that had assets on the mergers and acquisition side, either helping them uh, sell their assets and market them to potential buyers or working with buyers looking to acquire assets and learned from other entrepreneurs, you know, guys that own small businesses and medium-sized businesses, how that process worked. Uh, you know, many of them I would stay in touch with you know, currently and, and, can, and can certainly draw parallels to things that they did in growing their businesses. So I, I think there's a lot of good exposure to different, different types of entrepreneurs through that. And then ultimately spent the last five years uh, when I was at Macquarie looking at uh, energy infrastructure investing on behalf of the firm. So really looking at places where we could deploy capital to help develop projects, you know, whether it was wind, solar, uh, or other energy infrastructure projects. That's awesome. And was there kind of like, have you had entrepreneurship in the back of your mind since the jump? Or was there a, a pivotal moment where you thought, you know what, I've worked for other people enough and I just, I want to see if I can do something on my own. I think, I think it was always, it was something that built. I mean, I think as a, you know, as a kid, I you know, saw a number of my family members that were, you know, were serial entrepreneurs and you saw what they were able to do and accomplish, you know, sort of being their own boss per se. I wouldn't say that's, I wouldn't say that's exactly how it works out, but I, you know, I, I started sort of young, at a young age thinking about the business world and then, you know, being at an investment bank, you see, you'd see some really successful stories come through you know, where you've got guys that have built businesses from scratch up to multi-billion dollar uh, companies. And it, it's hard not to become enamored with, you know, what, what, uh, you know, what the possibilities might be. So I, I wanted to find a way to do that at some point in my career. I, I think during COVID, it was really, it was really a, a chance for, for me to come together with our partners, my partners at Evergen, and start thinking about what was possible. This was sort of the very beginning of COVID. We were thinking about how we could develop the company and grow it. And I think the fact that we were all drawn together in a time where many of us would have been focused elsewhere, uh, spending our time other parts of the world, we were, you know, we were focused on BC and, and what could be done in our backyard. And that's, that's brought us back to, I think, where we were meant to be. That's awesome, man. I love to hear that. Um, the last kind of question I've got for you on the personal side of thing, or I've got two quick ones here. You're spending time helping people, you know, uh, review and value assets or buy them. Can you talk about what you look for, or if there's some hard and fast rules for evaluating opportunity? Because I think you touched on a little bit about, you know, uh, climate reduction targets and stuff is kind of like part of the, the driver behind this business, but even a step behind that how are you evaluating opportunity? Is it strictly profitability? Is there, you know, is it emerging market stuff? Can you kind of walk me through your thought process when you're, when you're looking at that opportunity? Sure. Sure. So I'd say it's, it's certainly not, uh, you know, it's not something that is hard and fast, uh, you know, on any particular acquisition or project that we look to develop. And it's certainly not, you know, it's not just me sitting there doing it. My, my partners in Evergen, Misha, and Sean, you know, come from very different backgrounds. Misha's an, an M&A lawyer uh, by background, and Sean's a technical engineer. And, and I think between the three of us, what we look for is projects that have the, the first, first of all, fit our mandate to in terms of turning waste into energy and reimagining how things are done, building that infrastructure. So that's sort of you know tick box number one. Two, 
is, is what the risk and return profile looks like. And ultimately that comes down to technical assumptions and it comes down to contractual arrangements with offtake agreements you know, with companies like Fortis. And it comes down to agreements with municipalities. It comes down to project cost and, and engineering procurement and construction uh, timetables. So I think all of that comes together and, and you, what you really want to do is you want to find as low risk of, <laughs> as low risk of project as possible while maximizing what you're really looking for in terms of returns and the difference that you want to see the project make long term. Last one here on the professional side. Is there a singular leadership lesson you would pass on to others? I, I think to stop talking and, and listen. I think that's something that we all you know, try to, you know, and, and could do more. I, I know I could uh, and, and try to sit back and not, not want to jump to the first, uh, you know, first conclusion that comes to mind. And I think really empower people to, to be the key drivers of, of uh, outcomes. And I think that's at least been my style is try to try to get out of the way. Uh, four quick ones here to finish up favorite book or podcast that you're, that you're engaged with. Other than, other than this, podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, favorite could be like favorite business book or, uh, you know, something that you're, you know, doesn't have to be business I, even. I've been, I've been listening to a lot of smartless with Will Arnett and uh, Sean Hayes and Jason Bateman. I think, I think uh, they toe the line between celebrities that talk about themselves too much and forget that they have a guest on. Uh, but, but it's, it's humorous and it's, uh, it's something that I listen to on the bike ride in, in and back from work. It's, uh, it's a nice way to, to transition from the office back home with the kids. Awesome, man. Uh, best personal advice uh, you've received. So best, so best personal advice I think that I've ever gotten is to, is to put a hundred percent into everything you do. And I, you know, I got to attribute that to my parents and really have, have never, have never wanted to do something, you know, sort of halfway. And if, if you're, if you're stuck in a job where you're, you feel like you're doing something halfway and I, and I know I've been there, it, you know, that it's, it's a place that you don't want to stay for very long. Awesome. Uh, app or piece of software that you can't live without. Google maps both for time management. And uh, I think I, I constantly believe that I can get between A and B faster than it's possible. And last one for you, favorite restaurant in BC, maybe Vancouver, if you want to narrow it down a bit. It's, it's somewhere my wife and I went for her birthday. It's a patio on uh, Jericho Beach called The Galley. And it uh, has amazing fish and chips. And it's close nearby to, to where we live. So I think it's, it's probably... You know, our, our go-to spot, especially in the summer. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.